Is your PC asking you to call someone? And how to order pizza in virtual reality. All that and more Tech Forward One starts now. Your personal guide to everything tech. Tech Forward. Tech 411 with Oscar Santana and Todd Moore. Salutations. Welcome to another episode of Tech 411. I'm Oscar Santana. And I'm Todd Moore, and thanks for tuning in. Yes, we're back, baby. Back in a rhythm. Mac Attacks here in studio. Todd's at TMSoft headquarters, working on a Sunday. So much going on in the world of tech. First, security bound. Todd, what's going on with the iCloud? Well, it looks like there's another phishing scam out there. So if you are being prompted to uh, give up your iCloud password, please make sure that it is an official apple.com website or icloud.com. These are called phishing scams, Oscar. And I know we've been covering these kinds of things for a long time. Even the best of us could fall prey, though. Uh, and I and I recently told you a story. I can't uh, wait to talk about it here on the about, show. My mind is blown. Well, and and I think this is important, and that's why I want to lead the show with uh, something that my father recently went through. He has a PC uh, running Windows, and he he called me uh, kind of in a frantic. He said, "Todd, I think I did something wrong. I think I did something really bad on the computer." I'm like, "All right, calm down. Tell me what happened." That's just where I'm like, "Dad, elpornhub.com <laughs> is not the site you want to go to when you don't have a firewall up." Yeah, when it says to install software to protect the video, you might want to think twice. You um, can't watch this without the latest version of Java. Wink, wink. <laughs> but he's, my, my, I don't think my dad does that kind of thing. He just of uses the computer. To like get his email to trade the stock market, he's still out there trading, um, and that's a, that's you know that's primarily what he uses. Well, I, also for some context, uh, to be fair, your father isn't you know some just casual user of computers. Like he is, he's he's really really well versed, and he knows how to get his way around a computer. It's not the first time of the rodeo. Yeah, and I've tried to get them to switch to Mac. Now, I'm a PC guy. You know, I understand how the PC, the Windows, that's what he wants to stay with. So he calls me up and he says, I received a pop-up on my computer that said I had malware. Oh, no. And uh, there was a phone number that I needed to call in order to correct this. Something along, and I've seen these multiple times uh, for, I've been doing a lot of show prep lately and uh, going to nefarious websites to see what's going on and these pop-ups come up. Yeah. It says, uh, your computer has a virus. In order to remove the virus, you have to call this, it's usually a 1-800-1888 number, right. some it sort of number. 1-800 number. And so that's when that's kind of where the story should have ended. That's when right. I X out. I'm like, ah, ha, 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 get me to the next page. Yes. Shut the browser down. If you want to be safe, give someone a call. But I don't know if his computer was actually infected at that point or what happened. But he called the number. And I've never heard anybody call the number. So it was interesting uh, kind of what, what the process is. So he gets someone on the phone. And they go, yes, you have a virus, you have malware, and we can uh, remove it for you. And he's like, okay. And then he goes, or they go, but we're going to need the administrator password. Oh. In and so. That's me, a red flag. I mean, that's like the 10th red flag within this conversation, yeah. right? <laughs> so let me back up. Yeah. Uh, because my brother actually. Uh, very smartly configured his PC so that he wasn't an administrator mm. just in case something like this happened. Uh, so he's just a regular user. So what that means is in order to do anything privileged, uh, it'll prompt you for the admin password. Can I, uh, could this be something that somebody can incorporate within their personal lives where if they have a machine and if they just uh, log in through a user and not the administrator, uh, side of their computer that almost gives them an extra layer of security? Uh, on what, a Mac? Yes, or? on a Mac. Yeah, you can absolutely. In fact, a Mac is 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 very good at that. They they don't allow you to create a, uh, an administrator account. Like They constantly prompt you okay. if there's like an administrator access needed. So this was basically the same thing. Got it. Okay, which is a great way to operate, especially on a, a Windows PC where, you know, maybe security is not your forte. 
a great way to set up is just be a regular user. Um, but, you know, anytime you install software, it's going to prompt you for this. So basically, my brother configured his PC to have all the software. Here's your Quicken. Yeah. You know, here's your Scottrade. And your browser's ready to go. This you got everything, everything you're going to need. You're never going to And if you need anything else, just call me. Yeah. Uh, and basically, if the computer ever prompts you for the administrator password, uh, give me a call and, and let's talk about it. Because there's <laughs> something going on here. Uh, so what, you guys never banked on him calling someone else. Exactly. Right. <laughs> never call someone else, Dad. Total strangers. Yeah. <laughs> like if a total stranger asks for your password, you shouldn't give it to him. Either. Wait, wait, wait. So what were the instructions? Just call me if you ever need to. Did he have the password? Pewter, you know, ask you for the yes, password. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. Uh, but, you know, this was someone uh, in a call center in India asking for the password. And I guess, you know, my brother didn't specify that particular scenario. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave the password. And so he gave the password to, to these people. And my, and my dad's telling me this. I'm like, all right, um, who are these people? Like, who are they? Did you pay for, you know, a security service like McAfee, something that you pay monthly? Like. You got immediate access. This to must someone. be consumer grade net witness. <laughs> like some, like there's no way you could immediately get someone on the phone unless you're paying for like a quality security yes. service, or it's a total scam. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he he, I asked my dad's like, who are who are these people? And he's like, well, I asked them then. I said, well, what do they say? Uh, we are certified Windows technicians, and that's that in that. <laughs> Good enough answer. <laughs> it sounds official, and I was like, "But what company do they work for?" He didn't know. He didn't know. They're just Aww. they're just Windows technicians here to help, you know. And so he gave the password. Oh. And I don't know. I I don't know technically how this all worked, but they got access to his computer, and they're like, "Well, they took control of my computer." I'm like, "What do you mean? Was the mouse moving around? Were they clicking on stuff?" And he's like, "Yeah, they were basically." you know, had full control of the computer. And then that's when this this became a major problem. I was like, oh, my God. Are um, you staring at your phone? Because he's, I, my mom calls me sometimes with some very foreign problems because she hasn't assimilated in 20 years where I stare at my phone and I wonder how, how, how have we gotten this far in, in this American dream with these questions coming out of the little holes on my phone where I, I almost... I don't want to baby my mom and like treat her like a child when it comes to the tech world, but I also want to remind her how how important it is to do certain things on the machine so it, it a keeps her safe and b uh, keeps the bad guys out. You come from a world of network security. This is your forte. This is what you built your your bread and butter. Your your career. Your foundation was on. When you're staring, are you staring at the phone in awe, or do you go right into Jack Bauer mode? So my heart started racing. We need to blow away your Windows computer. You like that would have been my initial response because you you clearly have malware, uh, and you gave someone your administrator password. Or like that that takes it to a whole nother level. Giving someone your password and now that total stranger you don't know has full access to your computer. That's a whole different level at this point. I mean, getting malware is bad, and that could have caused some serious problems too. Uh, but now, uh, this is social engineering. This is classic social engineering. And at this point, I don't know how deep the rabbit hole goes. Mm. And I told my dad, I said, okay, what I know now is we have to assume that this person has total access to the computer. So the first thing we did was we yanked the cord out of the wall. Yeah. Right? We, you know, I said, make sure the internet's off to unplug the router yeah. and plug the Grab cable. Grab a pair of right. scissors, cut the ethernet cord. <laughs> I want an air gap between <laughs> you and the internet. <laughs> but it's timeout time, dad. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. Well, the, the one thing is like, how did the phone call end with my dad? So we'll finish up the phone call. Please. Uh, so the person on the phone said, all right, we, we, we see, we know what to do. We can get rid of it. Uh, but we need money in order to do it. Oh, 
so that's that's when my dad became suspicious, and he uh, rightfully he just pushed the power button. He hung up the phone and he just powered off, and then he called me. So that was good. Step in the right direction. My dad would have had his Amex out, given ten <laughs> numbers out, and said, "All right, you're gonna hit me monthly, right? I'll look for that." <laughs> so now we're in. Okay. Uh, so he called me, um, like maybe within 10 minutes, uh, this whole, he said he was on the phone for about 15 minutes. He gave me the 1-800 number. I Googled it. It's clearly a scam. It's been reported as a scam. Uh, it's been reported as a call center in India. And so it, it's obvious that, you know, they're just, this is a money-making scheme. Now, what I don't know, is it really just ransomware where they're, you know, removing this stuff from their computer for a nominal fee. And I don't know how much it was. I don't know if they ever got to a price. Uh, but you, we've all heard those stories, hundreds yeah. of dollars. If they encrypt all your data, you know, you might pay thousands of dollars to gotta, get that Got to buy some Bitcoins to get out of this. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Uh, this is like the worst thing that could happen. Someone who probably created the virus to begin. What kind of virus would give you a 1-800 number to call? So obviously they're in on this but from end to end, right? Um, so now, yeah, you mentioned Jack Bauer. Now uh, I have that little, uh, that 24 countdown going on in my head. Yeah, that one. Like, <laughs> like you have no idea. Like, I haven't gone through this I, ever. I mean, I've gone through it like, oh, no, I got a virus, and I just knew what to do immediately. Mm -hmm. But now I'm, I'm on the phone. I'm trying to give directions. And I'm thinking, what's the first step? Obviously, unplug the internet, unplug everything. Uh, so we did that. And now, so now it's uh, kind of, I need to get an assessment of what the real damage is. And I said, Dad, we have to assume that they downloaded your, all your documents and all your data. Uh, I want you to, to, and at this point, we powered the PC back up because it was off the internet. It's like, is there anything on there that you know, would be bad if they got their hands like on. Like a lot of family pics, no big deal. Like you can probably get that figured out that what maybe your maybe some old pet, uh, pet, uh, pictures, you know, something maybe, uh, maybe your golden retriever at the park. What right. would, that's what my yeah. mom has like a lot of niece and nephews. Yeah. What does your dad have? They wouldn't care about. Right. Yeah. And you know, my dad, I think he primarily like uses the computer, uh, to trade stocks, ah, something of substance, anything dealing with the market. Yeah. He's a market guy. Yeah. That's what he loves to do. Um, so I said, well, all right, we have to assume they got everything. They got the data. Is there anything that you had that, you know, you probably wouldn't want them to have that could be dangerous. Yes. That could be personal in nature. Uh, and he goes, well, I had a word document on my desktop that has all my passwords. I <laughs> Oh, no. Just like my mom. And that's when th <laughs> <laughs> hey, he said that. That's when the Jack Bauer thing started because I'm like, oh, no. And it has all his credit card numbers. Oh, no. Like, you know, getting access to the computer. He now has access to, and I'm like, what's in it, Dad? And he's like, well, I have every internet account and password in there. I have all my credit cards. I have my social security number. Oh. I have my birthday. I have everything. It's like four pages of identity theft gold mine in this thing. And why? It's all on the desktop? Why do word document? Why does a certain generation do that? My dad had a little black book, uh, like an old man address book that he still used that had all of that in there as well. And he lost that in uh, the streets of La Paz. I'm sure his accounts are okay, not at all. Uh, but it's different because it's it's like finding. That so basically, it's like finding a vault, and then you're like, Oh, I wonder where the password for this vault is. What's where's the combination? Oh, there's a little sticky note here right on the vault. It says, Try this, <laughs> try this password. Uh, and you know what? I that would have been better had he just had like a little notepad that wasn't on the computer, you know, and, and you could just refer to the notepad and you have that air gap and it's not on your computer. When a hacker gets control of your computer, you just have to assume. They've got that file. Now, the Jack Bauer thing, like the countdown in my mind was, all right, they got a, they got a, probably a 15-minute head start mm. on. Okay? Yeah. So um, I asked my dad, I was like, 
where is most of your money and all these online accounts. Let's I want to think that to do that. That's awesome. At least you're going straight to the, where the most of the money is to cut that. Yeah. You got to go because you've, it may take them a while to get through all the data that they downloaded and it may take a while to get to this word document. So, I mean, they have yes. a head start, right? Yes. We're about two minutes behind. So he gave me the account. We went, we called, I called uh, this financial broker. I uh, got him on the phone, said, I need to know if there's any transactions from today. I think the account's been hacked and there weren't any, you know. So we went through all that, went through multiple accounts, made sure there were no transactions. And they asked if we wanted to like cancel the accounts and it would be like a big nightmare getting it back online. I said, nope, we're going to change the password right now. So we changed all the passwords. Um, for all the accounts, all the, the bank accounts and the, the stock trading accounts, and it was spread out all over the place. And then, and then more importantly, if you ever have to do this, um, there, there is a single point of failure, and that is your email account. Now, all of these financial accounts were tied to a single email hotmail account. I don't know why he's using junk mail for like a, a you know registered financial account. Like you usually would want that to be uh, uh, your main main email uh, address, just because if you get a fraud alert or something. Right? Yes. So we I had to go through like three different email addresses and and change all of those passwords. And because they were in the Word document as well. And it's very, very important because that's that your email address is where the most damage can be done. Because what will happen, even if someone just gets that one account and that password, they'll go around to all of the financial accounts and all the stock trading accounts. And they'll just say, I forgot my password. Here's my email address. And they'll do that for all of them. And then if they get a hit, they'll get that email to reset their ah. password. Password. They have full access to your account now. Wow. So it's very important to change all of your passwords. But the ones that, you know, that was that was like after we got the stock trading accounts done, then we did the email addresses. We got them all changed, no activity. So I, there I could take a breath at that point. How right? long did this process take? Well, total, like hours all day oh man but that was the the most important kind of scariest part and then it turns out like he had my account information in the document like spread out to me so i'm changing my password oh my god hey can i ask you a question Uh, you taught me this i want to say like four years ago now because i had a problem with paypal uh where a paypal account was hacked and mm-hmm. I had had all of my accounts attached to one email, and you said you should a segment those emails to to, to different emails. So if one email goes down, they don't all go down. Mm-hmm. Counts. Is that a solid tactic to these days, or I, is it just? I mean that 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 will work, but I I believe that you won't be on top of any other email address except for one. So I would recommend you use your you have one primary email account. And it has the most incredible password. Uh, that's why we always say use LastPass because last we want we want some a password that doesn't make sense, that doesn't have words in it. It's just garbage, right? Got like it. one can can brute force attack those passwords. So, and even better, you want to use two factor authentication uh, if you can, like that. Like Google offers that, and that's when you get. Uh, when you have to register, it's annoying. Okay. But when you register a new device to get access, they'll text you a code and you enter it in. That's the two factor. That's the most secure, uh, way to protect your, your accounts, your email accounts, uh, as well. So something to think about. Okay. Like maybe you just have one account that's registered to, to all of, to all of your really important stuff. But I have the, I have two step verification on most of my emails already ever since yeah. that. So it makes sense. That's the best thing you can do. That's the absolute best way to do it. Um, it especially when it comes to your financial accounts. Don't I mean, can you imagine like just you just imagine you wake up one day and your account's completely liquidated. Oh, you're like how and you're just trying to pick up the pieces what happened. You may or may not get that money back. The joke so. would be on them though. <laughs> They would look at my account and be like, oh, uh, never mind. I'm moving on. (laughs) This guy's paying for school buying a house. I guess it's not the right time. So what what happens to your father's computer? Because in the past, when I've heard there's a virus on a machine, 
Some people have recommended uh, throw that machine out because they don't know how to fix it because it's yep. just too much too much trouble. Or B, mm -hmm. you can reformat it. And if I'm correct, a reformatting would be just to completely erase and reinstall all the software. Yeah, that's basically your two options. You go out and you buy a whole new computer. Um, or you uh, reinstall Windows completely when doing a fresh installation, new format. Don't save any of the old data. It all has to go because you just you, it, nowadays it's so hard to remove malware um, from a computer. It just spreads out all to all different places, waiting to be activated again. And the only sure way to get rid of it is to to blow it away. And so that's what we ended up doing. We had to back up, you know, his Quicken data. Um, and then, and then after that was done, then we just blow away the computer. Do you, uh, when you're backing up and, and I know this is getting a little in the weeds, but I'm sure there's people listening right now that a have been through this or B, uh, will encounter this regardless of how they get hacked or they get infected with some malware with the, the quicken data, when you back that up, can the malware conceivably move with that data into the new version or new iteration of, of, uh, your, of, right. of your machine? It would be extremely difficult. I'm not saying it's not okay. possible, um, but it would be extremely, because, you know, data is data. And, and, and you know, it, a virus has to be executed. It has to be a, ah. a program that's running. Now, that's not to say it's not possible. Like, there's been hacks where you know, uh, code was able to hide into a JPEG because, you know, there was a, there was a bug in the, the render of the browser and then, it, and then it was activated that way. So, but I would say, you know, if it's, if it's a, just raw data, like we wouldn't back up the applications. That's the no way. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Because all the applications are probably infected, but if it's just pure data, uh, then I, then you're okay. Yeah, I did a lot of this back when I was working at Office Depot. I was the tech guy. I was resetting computers all really? the time. Yeah, and I had actually had a couple experiences with something similar with the ransomware where people would come in, you open their computer, and it just has a giant white screen saying, FBI warning, this computer has been condemned. You can get it unlocked if you pay this amount of money to the FBI. Obviously not the FBI, Yeah. But, I mean, there's really nothing to do. And it, they even make it hard to even try and reset the computer. So it, it's a major pain. What did you used to do? Uh, I mean, we, we found a workaround uh, to reset it. But for a while, I mean, for a few computers, we had to tell them this computer is just not workable. I mean, we ended up finding a, a way around. There's a Lenovo right on the shelf. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> what it's, yeah. we would say. Like, this thing is old. Uh, we can probably recover the data. I mean, just take the hard drive out and try and recover some of your files, your documents and pictures. But for the most part, it's this computer is done. Yeah. Uh, I because mean, for the cost of you spending the time to yeah, get I mean, it back up and running, they could just, because of the commoditization of laptops, Yeah, they can just go and get yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, it was like, like a couple hundred bucks for us to do that. And there's a $300 laptop right there that's four years newer yeah. so yeah makes sense um uh if, todd and you're in the past so the, the if someone's just dealing with this in the future whether they're at their office or they're at home or let's say at starbucks the first step is to just unplug from the internet or turn your wi-fi off right oh yeah definitely first definitely step. Right. that's step one mm -hmm. interesting and then if they're trying to assess the damage it's get an expert on the line or uh, and by that expert, I could, for example, like on my end, um, I had the situation about a year ago where I thought I had some malware on my computer and I had downloaded a Mac virus software. There aren't that many of them, but uh, this is called Bitfinder and Bitfinder does a, a continuous scan on your machine. And it had quarantined two of these little, uh, I guess, trackers or whatever it was. It just wasn't good for my computer. And it quarantined them within 15 minutes and then I deleted them. But I don't think there's much out there outside of your general, um, you know, antivirus to mm -hmm. try to clean them up, correct? Yeah. Uh, and I also, I use this free product on my Mac called Sophos Antivirus. Ooh. And it's always finding, you know, stuff in spam email, but which is not a big deal. It's only a big deal if you're like clicking on it, you're running things. You know, that's when you have to be extremely careful. Um, and I usually don't use antivirus. I don't want to slow down my computer, but I'm, 
smart enough to know not to download from questionable websites and run things or if I'm trying, <laughs> you just have to be careful whether it's a browser plugin or an executable, you know, that's, that's how you're going to get caught with something you don't want. Yeah. And for PCs, I mean, some free software, one I love, Avast, great uh, free antivirus and also A-V-A-S-T? I, correct. Okay. And yeah. also, uh, you can, this is something else you can put with your antivirus. It's not a you can use it not as a continual scanner, so it's not constantly scanning. It's not like a live Take protection. But malware bites, great. You can get that with sounds, your antivirus. Sounds tasty. It's very tasty. <laughs> no, and, but, you know, and and Windows has its own Windows Defender, which is uh, good as well. You should yeah. be using that. It's free, and um, of course, Google Chrome uh, will warn you if you're at websites that are that have known to do phishing scams. So that, that's important as well. All right. Well, look, uh, and your father's doing all right now. Were you able to oh, save yeah, the machine? A, like everything was fine. They didn't break into any of his accounts. And we introduced my dad to LastPass. <laughs> and hey, you know, you don't have to set your password to be the same for every single website you use. Yes. That's one thing we learned in the process. So <laughs> we introduced him to LastPass, which hopefully uh, people are using or something similar like that. There's lots of password products out there but that's the one that uh that i recommend well from a not so fun experience but i think this is probably help a lot of our listeners to uh a very fun experience i've been logging or tracking or stalking some may say your experience with your htc vive it arrived this past friday and you're all set up now oh man i spent all weekend in in virtual reality setting it up then setting it up again so i got it on Friday, uh, and then I um, set it up Friday night. And I so there's two ways um, to configure this thing. Okay. And, and I will say the box is huge, like the Vive. It's a massive box. Oh, like we're talking about a new MacBook Pro or like uh, an appliance comes to your house? It's like an appliance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. It's, like, it's a big box. It's like a giant suitcase. Like you Whoa. pick the biggest luggage suitcase. That's how big it is. And But it's really well packaged. Uh, very impressive. Um, it comes with the headset. It comes with, uh, you You have two hand controllers. And remember, this is the reason I, I went for the Vive, because I want the hand controllers. Yes. And they're the only ones that have it currently, even though Oculus is coming out soon. Um, and then it has what's called these room scale devices. And that allows tracking within your room so you can be walking around. And that's another big difference between the current Oculus. So... This this is really well packaged, uh, but it can be a little overwhelming. I pull out all this stuff, and I'm, like, looking at all the parts, and it's, like, A through Z. And you're, like, oh, my goodness. You know, so, but it really wasn't that bad. Most of them was, like, here's the USB chargers and the wires and this and that for setting everything up. And, and so initially, uh, when you first kind of start up the setup process, you can configure it two different ways. The first way is I don't have enough space. I'm just going to be standing and moving around in kind of a really small, like three foot by three foot circle. Okay. Okay. So it's a, um, and that's what I initially did because my PC was kind of shoved over in the corner and that was the only space I had. So I configured it for that. Um, and it really, I, it just wasn't, I didn't like it as much. Uh, it, it was a good experience in terms of being able to see things and using the hand controllers. Uh, but at times it would stop tracking my hands and that gets really annoying. If, if you're ever in a VR experience in your headset for whatever reason, isn't tracking correctly or your hands, everything skips around and it can be extremely dizzy. Okay. The, because you'll see this image shaking all of a sudden. And it's and it's like you just want to take the headset off and, and sit down for a second. So you, it's really bad when you lose tracking of, of the hand controllers in the headset. And, I, and that started to happen. I'm like, oh, man, I think I just set this thing up wrong. So yes. 
you have these two devices that you have to set up in opposite ends uh, of your space, different, you know, opposite corners. Oh. And my and that's what's tracking everything. It's basically sending out, you know, infrared or something, and then all the devices are able to determine their position. So if those aren't configured correctly, um, you, you will have some of those glitches. It's like so, calibrating. Yeah, and there's a whole like when you first start up, you calibrate it, wow. and it's uh, and it says you know put the headset on the ground, let it click this button, let us know. Okay, now put it up into the center where you are, click it, and that was that was basically the setup. It was real easy to do, um, but again, I I had a few glitches. So, but it was still a great experience uh, Friday night. So Saturday morning, I wake up you know like a kid on Christmas, and I run downstairs early in the morning. I'm like, okay. Time to reconfigure, you know, the whole house. We're scaling up. <laughs> I'm doing full-on room scale. And so I, I had a nice kind of a, maybe it was like 8 foot by 15, 14 oh, nice. foot rectangle. Um, and so I set it up and I put, the, the, I put one of my uh, room scale devices in one corner on a camera tripod. Cool. All right, because they they kind of showed you. Well, you could you could mount it anyway. You usually want to mount it six and a half feet off the ground, pointing down at 30, 45 degrees. So I had one, a security camera in my house, and I just ripped that out and I <laughs> put the room scale in there. And it this was is much more important. Much more important than security. I need to get this working. And I put it up there. It worked really great. Covered the whole area. And then I used a tripod and I got it up to around, you know, seven feet and pointed it down on the other end. Um, and I had to move all my PCs around. So I moved the PC closer to this new space because you're given about a 20-foot cable, right? You're always – you have this uh, umbilical cord attached to your headset at all times, right? And that's running the HDMI. That's running wow. all this stuff, the audio. It's all going – so you ha you're – you're bound by a wire. And, and if you're going to walk around, that wire's got to give. Yeah, and you, okay. you, you want it to give, and you got to be careful not to, like, you know, <laughs> rip everything out uh, that's on your table. You yeah. know, so you got to <laughs> wire it up in a good way. Watch out for the cat. And uh, so got that all set up, and then, it, then I had to do setup. And you run the software, and it says, okay, uh, we're going to – you, we need to know how big your space is. So what you do is kind of neat. You grab one of the hand controllers and you, you take it around the room and you draw this virtual edge um, and you make a rectangle. And then once you're done that, it tells you if it's big enough for room scale. I did that. I drew this whole rectangle, which is my playable area. This is the area I can walk in. I won't hit anything. Yes. And then and I got to see it and it said, that's a good rectangle you know, can set up is complete. And then it's just off to, to fun land. Cause at that point, all your games are configured to use your room and, and it's, it's really neat how they do it, man. Like let's, so one of the first experiences I did, uh, was just the Vive. Um, it, it's called labs. Uh huh. And you probably know I'm a huge portal two fan. Yes. Oh yeah. We've talked about it. Um, they they got the portal guys to like do do this intro to your VR unit and it was so well done because it's kind of like you have that robot that comes on the little circular yeah 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 atlas and atlas and it tells you not the not the computer that was trying to kill you not glados yeah yeah not glados but the little helper guy in the beginning of portal 2 and so he's floating Wally. around no, what? not Wally. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm just trolling you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so it's really, it's so neat. Like, and they're all, they're kind of like smart asses like they are in the video yes. game. Atlas, Atlas and Peabody. Okay. They teach you how to use your system and they give you all these little things to, to play in. It's kind of like a lab. And it's not a video game, but it's like you get to do video game like stuff to kind of learn how it works. And one of the neat things is when you're walking around in this virtual room, in this laboratory, um, if you get too close to your edge where in, you know, in the physical world, you'd hit a wall, it shows you this like glowing grid and it won't let you walk past that. 
nice. but you can still walk virtually in, you know, around, it'll just give you that warning when, hey, you can't walk anymore. And so what they were in a lot of the experiences do is you can teleport yourself much like Portal. So let's say I, I need to walk 40 feet, but my room isn't that big. You end up just, you know, teleporting over to that location. Ah, that's so that so you can actually experience that side of the room without moving. Yeah, and I thought that was a really clever way to do it. Um, so you never have to take off your headset for, you know, if you're scared of hitting a wall or tripping over something. They they make sure that you don't do that in all of these game experiences, and I thought it was really well done. How comfortable is the headset for the Vive? Um, I will say it's not as light as, as Gear VR, the thing I brought to the Michael Mara show. Yeah. Um, so it, it has a lot more weight. Um, but I yeah, honestly, it didn't, I don't think it was, it was that heavy I because think, it's got yeah. a built in screen, right? You're not using a, uh, a, a mobile phone to, yeah, it's got some power behind it. So is yeah. the resolution, does it just blow away the gear VR? Oh yeah. It blows it away. Wow. I mean, when you're looking at a smartphone, but you know, this, this is a dedicated piece of hardware. Uh, so the experience is a lot better. Um, and I'm not saying that like the gear VR is, is pretty good. But, yeah, this is definitely high-end. The one thing I didn't like was the included earphones. Um, I'm going to swap those out because they keep falling. They kept falling out of my ear, and I know they gave different sizes. So, uh, But I didn't really like uh, the audio. So, But it's just a standard audio jack. You can unplug it from the headset and put it and use anything you want. Cool. So definitely would want to do that. One of the things I was like, I can never tell – uh, my right from my left um, and you know that's extremely important because not only are you virtually inside of a, a visual experience in 3D it's also an audio experience is completely 3D so if you hear you know something behind you or to the left right front you hear that you can tell where that audio is coming from but only if you have it in the right ear otherwise it would be you know backwards well i learned that the the right headphone had a little notch on it and that's how you could tell so it's very important to get the right headphone in in the, in the correct ear i'm looking at some screenshots of some of the experiences they offer online oh is there ever these look so beautiful and so uh detailed is there was there ever a time because I imagine you've logged some hours now on that large room scale um, edition as far as uh, spatial awareness? Is there ever a point where you're like, whoa, I got to take this off because I'm living in this world a little too long and I'm and I got to <laughs> figure things out? Yeah, I think that's a problem. I spent all weekend in it and <laughs> like, you know, you'll, you'll forget to eat, you know, <laughs> You know, so I, I, to be honest with you, I'm, I can't believe I did this. I ordered Domino's like two nights in a row. Like I didn't want to leave the experience and I didn't have time to go make dinner. You know? Yeah. But so I mean, just, and also to be fair, the pizza tracker, they make it so easy. It just comes straight to your house. <laughs> you know what you could get the, probably you could get the pizza, pizza tracker giving you notifications in, in the virtual reality. Yeah. That and would I'm be cool. For my app of the week. It's kind of neat how they did this. Um, but yeah, let's just say I logged some hours, uh, this weekend because it, it really is immersive and it's just so cool. And there were moments where like you get to teleport yourself to the top of the mountain and it looks real. It's like, you're wow. really, you're just looking out and seeing nature and stuff. And it's like, it's like, wow, I'll never have to leave the house now. This is great. <laughs> What's this job simulator? I'm, I'm seeing images of. So it came with two uh, games, and one was the job simulator, and the other was this thing called, uh, ooh, what's it called? Fantastic Contraption, I think is the name of it. Uh, so the job simulator was very funny. It reminded me of Portal. But you basically can can see what it's like to to be to have a job in four different industries. The first one is like office space almost, like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Work in your, your boss robots coming up. He's like, "Hey, can you can you cook these books for us?" And it's like, 
have to put the C- it's like from the 80s so your pc you have to put in a cd-rom you have to boot it up the computer and then you like cook the books and you give it back to them it's, there's all these funny little scenarios that you have to do i had to make a powerpoint presentation <laughs> to a bunch of people it was hilarious and it's like but it's like in good humor like there's a lot of office humor in there um, so that, that's definitely, I'm glad that came with it. That one's really fun. You can also be a car mechanic where you're just screwing all these people over for money. You can be uh, a chef where you're cooking up. Sorry, like you get these orders and you got to cook it up. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like burning everything. They don't care. Wait, they, so out the door. you're using your hands to like flip the burgers and everything? Oh, you're opening the freezer. You're getting the bacon. You're throwing it on the grill. You got to flip the bacon. <laughs> too long to catch fire you grab the fire extinguisher put it out like there's just all this stuff in a kitchen that and it's, hilarious. it's like so much fun what are the games retailing for we haven't talked about this it seems right now i mean it just seems like regular game price i saw a lot for 35 dollars um some for 10 dollars. some are just free experiences that you know it's not a complete game yet but they're looking for feedback so there's a lot it seems like there's a lot of content right now uh, I mean, not a ton. There's less than 100 games. Uh, but, you know, based on what I saw at GDC, developers are, are excited about this. And to be honest, I'm kind of excited, too. Like, I, I'm i going to have you over, okay. all right? And and I'm going to put you on this thing. Yes. And you're going to be grinning ear to ear like <laughs> I swear to God, you will. It's like, you just have no idea. Like, it's the holodeck, man. It's what we always wanted. It's wow. it's and it's here and you can live out these different experiences and when you can see your hands and sit there and pick up manipulate objects oh it's really cool can we have mac over too can he breach the perimeter he's looking at me like i so want to (laughs) (laughs) just just for 30 minutes we'll put a timer on there let's pick a pick a day cool cool if you want i mean uh let's just just go at it it's a lot of fun uh there's another uh uh, it's not really a game. It's an app. Google released this paintbrush program. Oh, where I've seen this. Yeah. Brush or something. And you can draw in 3D space. <gasps> yeah. And it's mind blowing. It like, really is. It's like black and it's like a, you almost make like a, what are they called? The white, the uh, colored lights outside like restaurants. Yeah. Like a. Neon lights, like neon lights. Yeah, it's like neon lights. But you're but you, drawing in. Yeah, you see, you can see it in like two D, but you're drawing, but you're not realizing the depth of your hand is actually putting depth into. It. So if you go to the other side of it, you're actually seeing it from the side. So you can create a cube actually instead and of just a box. Whoa! Because you're not drawing on a two D surface. Yeah, you're drawing in space and. Uh, you just like sign your name in it, and it looks like a neon light you would buy. It's amazing. It's wow. Uh, the last game I had, which this was what this was like. This was real mind blowing. It's the Fantastic Contraption, um, and this used to be a video game, and they made it a mobile game, and then now they ported it to VR. And I think it lives. It, I think it was originally meant for VR. This is. You remember that scene in Iron Man where he's in the lab and he's like building his next suit? Yeah. And he's like manipulating it and spinning it around. And yeah. You know, yeah. That's this. You are basically Iron Man. You're constructing these contraptions, okay? And you got to do these like they're little puzzles you got to solve and you have to move this object to another object to complete the level but you have to build these things and i'm building cars and like they give you real primitive constructs you have a a spinning motor you have like wow i'm looking at screenshots here online this looks phenomenal and by the way i didn't put two and two together here and you know just just for for some clarity and context for our our listeners if i'm over your house and i'm on the fantastic contraption and you've got the gear. I mean, I've got the gear on. You can see what I'm doing on the screen, right? Yeah, so I can monitor what you're doing on the screen. That is it's not, cool. It's entirely different, but I get at least I get to see what you're seeing, but you get to experience it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at least I'm like, it's this isn't just like a singular, like this is just you. I'm there with a Jack and Coke. And you're telling me everything that's happening. I can actually see what you're I, doing. Yeah. I can't hear your audio, which yes. is unfortunate. I don't. I it would be nice to figure out. Maybe there's a way to do it, uh, but that would be kind of cool to be able to like allow other people to like hear. 
but you can you can definitely use the computer monitor as kind of a mirror cool. and see exactly what you're looking at. Um, a lot of fun, man. And it's like you're building, you're just building these huge things. It's just so wild. It's it's like Minecraft on crack. <laughs> How many hours? And be honest here. And no one's gonna judge you because you know, God forbid. <laughs> I, I remember the last time I was really gaming, and this is like in one of the Halo iterations, and I must have logged five hours and not said a word to anybody except for on my headset because I was playing in clan mode. Uh, and I looked down, and I said, well, I'm 31. Five hours, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. VR, how long do you think you spent? I don't know. I, and like one in one uh, simulation. It's the first night, you know. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of that was set up. Okay. And the next day was a lot of it was set up once I. But yeah, I've I've logged you know at least twelve hours. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I'm sure it'll wear off and it won't be as cool. And honestly, like I'm I'm like I, I'm at work right now and I was walking around and I'm just like, this doesn't seem right anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like it seems off. Everything seems a little off now. You took the red pill. Yeah. I think I, I went too far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. And you almost had to leave your home to go to another space so you could get away from it. Well, thankfully the hand controllers uh, died. The batteries died. <laughs> <laughs> played too long. Well, I'm excited, man. Uh, I'm going to be over this week for sure, and I'll coordinate with Mac. Uh, I've got a bunch of stuff to take care of today. Um, but I cannot I'm, wait, man. I'm excited to have you guys try this out because it's really going to blow your mind. It really will. It's that good. And it could just get better because if this is, you know, really just the beginning, I can't wait to, to witness this side of this ecosystem, this industry. Yeah. And then see where it is a year from now. Two years, yeah. Right. Great point, because I'm I'm so impressed with the games, the limited games I've I've played so far. I can't imagine what what they're going to be like in a year. Wow, I really can't. Well, I can't I can't wait either, man. Thanks for the for the in depth report, and um, I can hear it. We can just hear it in your voice. We're just smiling. Mac and I are looking <laughs> at each other. We're like, man, this is wild. This is absolutely oh, wild. Are you kidding me? We're gonna have, I'm excited to show it to you guys. I really am. You got to come over. Perfect. Um, let's jump into apps of the week before we wrap it up. All go into boring apps. Okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> My app's going to be really boring, so I should probably go first. Okay. You go first. I'm just going to give you, I, and maybe it's punting, but I'm going to give you the Vive app. That's and fair. You can download it to uh, your iPhone or your Android phone and get this. What does it do? Well, it pairs with your phone so that you can get incoming texts while you're in virtual reality. So all your notification, oh. notifications, you won't miss them. So if something important comes, like your pizza's at the door, you know you can get out of the virtual reality and go handle it. Um, another cool thing is when you're in the experience, you can switch over to your desktop PC and it'll just like, if I'm in the middle of the game, I can hit a button and I can say, just show me my PC and it'll put it up on like a computer monitor inside my virtual reality experience. And I can sit there and I can navigate and I can use my desktop computer. So if I needed to check on an email or something, I have access, full access to the computer. And now you compare it to your smartphone with this app and you get you get all those notifications as well. Wait so you, a second. You can still be plugged into the world. You can be jacked in and still get email. Yeah, like you have full control over your desktop computer, the one that you're using uh, that's plugged into the headset. Wow. It's Windows 10 in VR. That yeah, is wild. Really, like it puts it up on like yeah. a giant 10 foot screen. Um, and then you just, you have a, like a laser point, your hand controllers become laser pointers and everything you tap is your mouse click. Oh my God. So can you like go around the desktop? What's that? Can you like go around the desktop? Do you I mean, walk I, around it? You can, well, you can, you can, uh, no, it just puts it up on the big okay. screen. So it's, it's just like, okay. so it pauses whatever content you have and then it shows you. I was you. wondering if it was like in a black room and you could walk around your desktop and then look at it at different angles. Oh, like in a, like the neon sign? Yeah. Yeah, but that would all be a lot of work just for text, right? 
It's a 2D well, no. surface, though. Yeah. So that's all you see it as. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. All right. Well, uh, yeah, if you're into that gear and, uh, you know, as far as VR is concerned, um, the hand, as uh, you know, as far as a differentiator, the hands are what everybody's talking about here online. And you've been talking about it since day one, Todd, that you needed that experience to see your hands. Uh, yeah. What What's the runway for Oculus? How come you would, you would think that for all the effort they've put in, that they would have had this out for them as well. Yeah, I know. I mean, Zuckerberg and, and the crew uh, demoed it um, with the hand units, so the, they're they're ready, I think, to ship. Um, but for me, I, you know, that was that was a, a deal breaker when it came to the Oculus. I want the hand units on day one. And then, so clearly HTC has the advantage right now with the Vive. And First to be honest with you, like, they teamed up with Steam. And if you're a PC gamer, you know what Steam is. You probably have an account. So Steam VR is fantastic. It's everything you like about Steam, but here are all the VR titles that you can purchase. And so the app store itself is is great. And the fact that they teamed up with Steam, um, I mean, the, these guys aren't going away. Like, that's what I'm always concerned about. Like, well, is this just some startup that's going to die off? I, I don't think so. They have the, the backing of Steam, which is important. To be fair, Oculus Rift, you can access games from Steam as well. Yeah, but it's... There's but, some exclusives. Yeah. Very yeah. few. But, I mean, to be fair, I mean, Ocu I'm just saying that if you want Oculus... You're not excluded from the Steam store. Okay, good point. Um, but Oculus has its own store, right? Like yes, that's be... I believe so. They're having a separate, but that's mainly for exclusives. If developers want something on all the devices, you can put they put on Steam. It's and you can a two-sided business, and that's yeah. what's interesting. We just learned well, it's about like this. Sony versus Xbox. Yes. That's what it's two different stores now. And, and a lot of game titles, it's it's pretty simple to support both platforms. So a lot of games do support both. Well, but yeah, Max, right. There's going to be these exclusive titles. I think eventually that's going to be like the old way of doing business, Todd, because, uh, for example, Xbox announced a month ago that they are allowing uh, one of their Xbox one um, downloadable games that they sell on their store. Uh, to be, they, they're going to allow players that play on Xbox One to play with PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4 users, right? Um, and that cross-platform uh, capability is really going to be important because as these consoles are really becoming commoditized because everybody has them, um, the users, at least in my personal opinion, and this move by Xbox is really signaling that to PS4 and Sony, saying that eventually... We're all going to have to talk to each other because our our user base, our customers demand the ability to play online regardless of of actual console the, right. and PC users. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Mac. Uh, the thing it was with that, I mean, yes, uh, Xbox or Microsoft has hinted at that. Uh, P PlayStation hinted back, like, sure, we'll do that. But the problem is. It's up to the developer of the game to well, make it happen. I, I get that, right. but it's in the develop. It's it actually it's in the developer's benefit to do that because they are they're offering their title to much uh, much more cost. Like they are develop. So for example, the amount of customers that Xbox One has that has is segmented, and the development on that side, if they're make if they're giving them the tools to develop on both platforms at once, while it may take a little more time, it would make sense for them to develop for the two consoles and PC because then all well, three of those customers could play together and more people would download that title in the long run because you wouldn't have this firewall of like, oh, I can't play my friend in this. Well, to be f well, most games are available for all, but it's the match. You can't play each other. The matchmaking, that's actually very difficult for developers. It's really only big games that are able to do it because it's actually a big struggle to get those two paired up. Yeah, but the matchmaking within different consoles, that's what I'm focused on. That's what on. I'm saying is that's all that's completely on the developer to do. Yeah, but if, if, so if Xbox and PlayStation, now we're just getting a big debate. If they yeah. gave the developer the tools, yes, then it would behoove them to do it, right? I just pulled up an article. I just wanted to verify. Yes. But yeah, Ma Max Ray is the Oculus Rift um, said they're not going to limit to just their app store. And if developers want to post their games in Steam, 
that's okay with them. And if they want to use in-app purchase on a different store, remember, this is very against how Apple is currently. Like, yeah. it has to be one way or the highway, right? So yeah. uh, that's actually encouraging to see when you're talking about cross-platform multiplayer. It looks like, you know, it should be possible, especially if you're um, both on you know, able to purchase the game on Steam, then that would, even if one user has an Oculus and I have a Vive, it would seem to me that it would still work. But I guess, but you know, you're right. It's up to the developer to support that. But at, at the end of the day, like multiplayer, it's going to be no different. So there's no reason why they would f not allow you to do that. I mean, the developer itself. Well, there is one reason. It is, it costs the developers a whole lot of money to make it work. Yeah, yeah, how much money would you... You're, you're in this box because we're not saying this is going to make sense for everybody. We're talking That's what I'm about saying. We're talking about the big guys, the big software Yeah, but I, I don't think it costs yeah. any more to support. You know, you're still using the same network stack. It's still the same bits you're sending. So Now you're no, in it, Mac. Now you're in it. If you're I, using Steam. Steam, um, Steam uh, I mean, cross uh, before between PlayStation and PC and Xbox and PC is already being done. That's been... been that's been done for the last 10 years for certain games. But between PlayStation and Xbox, oh. that's where... Yeah, I don't think that's uh, going to... That's where, I mean, first off, there is no option right now. They're hinting at the option, but only certain games will do it because it's a huge price point and they won't get that much money back for it. Yeah, but, but again, the idea that that's even being signaled in the industry yeah. is huge. It is big, because yes. Some of the AAA not titles. a lot of people with VR headsets, so we want that to yeah, work. Yeah, you want that right? for a VR, uh, for a well, VR I, headset, it makes more sense because you want that network effect of everybody willing yeah. to get online and experience exactly and online. i want to and that's the next thing i have an experience i want to experience what multiplayer is like with with one of these headsets yeah. so i'm hoping at some point oscar you end up yeah uh, i'll be your sous chef yeah that'd be great i'll be flipping <laughs> the burgers yeah you'll make sure okay. to tell me i gotta uh, put a little more curry on that and i'll take care of that if i don't you can fire me oh my god if you virtually fire me in your kitchen i'll be distraught <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, my app of the week, we can talk about VR, and I'm sure we will for the coming years, uh, but my app of the week actually takes this concept of, uh, and I think Rob Spiewak would appreciate it, uh, I see people using Post-its to this day at school, in the office, it becomes, uh, I see them at, on my fridge at all times, and I'm wondering, well, how do we take these atoms, these post-its, and make them into something I can put into my phone instead of taking all these pictures all the time? Because uh, sometimes you got to rearrange your priorities if you're making lists. Some people are just used to that. Well, uh, I found out this past weekend at school that there is an app for that, and it's called Post-It. It's out by uh, 3M, and it's absolutely free. You can upgrade it if you like, like anything else. Uh, but Post-It Plus, which I purchased for $1.99, allows you to take uh, a QR scan of all your post-its. If it's on the fridge, if you've got it on your uh, desk, lay them all out. And then you wonder, well, why am I taking pictures? Well, sometimes people want to take post-its if maybe they're working on a project or they're trying to make a to-do list or they have got a calendar and you want to rearrange things. Just like you would rearrange your post-its on the fridge, you can rearrange them on the app. And once they QR scan, they come in at, a, a, you know, a similar color of the post-its that you have up on your fridge or on your desk. And then you can re, uh, reshuffle them to the order you would like. And you can create different pages of what your post-its are. And you don't have to rewrite everything or type them back into a to-do list in your phone. Great. Post-it. My three. <laughs> 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 Looks like the app I wrote five years ago. No, sorry. Great. You didn't like it? You didn't like it? Now I'm just like they they made me delist my app. That's all. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, they said they said, "Hey, you have the word post or something," and see, we're going to sue you. No, oh, well, that's not very yeah, nice. So I took it out of the store. All right. Well, I didn't know that. I oh yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks. Post thanks for pouring it by uh, three lemon juice in my wound. All right, why don't you get into your virtual office and hack out of the room? All right. Okay. Why don't you go to my virtual office where I won't get sued? All right, Mac, uh, let's hear your app. Finally. Uh, my Jesus. app of the week is called Prune. Oh, look, it's 344. Uh, so it's time oh to go, God, man. I'm so sorry. This is way over time here. Uh, Tomo, thank you so much. Mac will get to you next week, I promise. Hopefully. Uh, anything to plug before we get out of here, Todd? You know what? 
Yeah, I do. So I'm um, going to be releasing a massive update to white noise. And uh, I really need beta testers. And I really need beta testers that don't live in Virginia because this is a very uh, location-centric feature. Mm. So if you're outside of the country or you're in a different state, Besides Virginia, you can be in Virginia, it's fine. Uh, just looking for some beta testers that might be willing to put a pin on the map, so to speak. So uh, reach out to me on Facebook and let me know if you'd be interested. Facebook.com slash Todd Tech. Perfect. Uh, I just want to plug the Mike O'Mara show. Uh, we, if you're a Prince fan, you know, uh, uh, rest in peace, Prince, as he just passed this week. And we did a wonderful tribute show it was Mike's brainchild. Uh, if you haven't listened to this past Friday's program, please do so. Uh, it will really make your day. He did a beautiful job. And Todd Moore on this past week as well. Uh, he was in the day before Thursday. Uh, and one of, uh, one of the, the most, uh, really, as far as shows are concerned, Todd, I hope you felt the same way. Uh, we covered so much, but had so much fun as well. Uh, we see Rob Spiewak try on a VR headset for the very first time. And it's like he was transported into the future. Yeah, that was so much fun. Thanks again for the invite. Uh, really appreciate it. And yeah, definitely listen to the show. That was uh, Rob was cracking me up, yeah. uh, and what we fun. put the experience we put him into. Uh, not appropriate for this show. But, uh, <laughs> pretty funny for that one. Absolutely. All right, man. <laughs> All right, that's it for the show. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao, ciao. This is the sound. This is Tech Four One One. The preceding program was brought to you by More Broadcasting. For more information, visit us at morebroadcasting.com.